Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You know what the best thing about the roundtable episodes is? What's that? We don't have to sing. Aha! We just get to present like we normally do and host. <laughs> Speaking of hosting, what's up, everybody? This is the Game Nights Roundtable, the discussion after every Game Nights episode where we talk about all of the intricacies and all the things that happened in the episode, as well as what may have went wrong, what we may have done wrong, and what was also really awesome. Yeah, we, uh, we answer sort of the most asked questions you have out there, address a lot of the comments that are coming up frequently. Uh, yeah, this is going to be a good one. We're talking about Game Nights, the Commander 2020 episode. Ooh-hoo. This uh if you're watching this in the future, this is the one with Cassius Marsh and Alias V. And um, yeah, I guess well, we'll hold give on. our let's get whoa. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. Oh yeah. I'm Josh Lee Kwai. How's it? Whoa, oh my uh, what was yeah. that order? Yeah. <laughs> it's a different it's a different series. I don't have to do I don't have to sing. <laughs> I don't even have to say how's it. That's true. <laughs> the, the, the chains are off. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh, let's just give our normal spoiler alert warning. There's no way to do uh, a series or a show like this without spoiling what's in the episode that we're talking about. So yep. if you have not seen the Game Nights episode for Commander 2020, hit pause on this, go watch that, come back. All right. Uh, also, normal normal disclaimer, we're not calling anybody dumb or stupid for the oh, questions right. they ask. This is, you know, we're not going to address questions for the most part that only a couple people ask. We're, we're addressing the big ones that a lot of people ask. So anybody that's name gets put on screen and we say, actually, that's not correct because of this. That is something that a lot of people were confused about. And, mm-hmm. and I've said this before. I consider that to be sort of our fault as the showrunners, storytellers, and that we didn't explain things very well. So hopefully we can rectify that here. Uh, otherwise, you're going to get your name up on the screen if, yeah. you're, if you're commenting. So maybe that's cool, too. Also, if you're not commenting on our videos, you should probably be commenting because there's a chance you can affect this episode of yeah. our show and, and bring up some points that are interesting for us to talk about. So, yep. All right, let's start with the most asked question by far. Why, where is the Mardu Humans deck? Yeah, so a lot of people were disappointed that the, the Humans deck didn't get played, the one with Jarena Kudrow on the cover. I think it's called Reckless Regiment. Yes, it's behind us somewhere here, and, and you would have seen it as well in all the product shots in the episode. So this year, of course, there were five pre-constructed decks for the Commander products. In the last few years, there's only been four which made it really easy for us because we sit at a table that only <laughs> really has room for four people. Everyone plays a deck. Yeah. Listen, we can't do a five-player game. There's not a really good way to shoot it. 
just because how do you lay it out? You need an entire another camera for wherever that person's sitting, right? Because they'd have to sit at like the head of the table. Now we're talking about an additional set of interviews for that person, which exponentially makes the entire episode harder. Because I think you actually need two more camera angles because you can't just shoot them in isolation. You got to yeah, see them right. next to players. And so, so we're adding two. two cameras. We're adding a whole nother <laughs> interview. Every time anything happens, that's another person that you have to choose. Do I cut to them? And Yowza. Yeah, so it's just exponentially harder. We're, whenever there's five, we're always going to have to only show four. I doubt we'll ever show a game with more than four people. It's just too difficult for the show. Um, so... The way that we choose our decks, do you want to go through it? Yeah, it's pretty simple. The main thing that we want to do is give our guests the first choice at choosing what decks they're going to play on the show. So those show up on the day, and because these are the pre-cons, no one's ever seen them before. We'll give Alias and Cassius both a chance to look through and see, okay, which one of these decks would I like to pilot? And they decide between them, their first two picks, and then Josh and I, from the leftovers, would choose what we are going to play. And that also happens when we don't do pre-constructed decks. So, like, for the Theros episode, we just showed everybody the legendary creatures beforehand and the guests get to choose which ones they want first and then Jimmy and I choose from what's left and then everybody brews their decks around those after they've chosen their commanders. Yep. So this just so happened that the Mardu humans deck, nobody chose it. Just so happens. Uh, and I think for you kind of obvious reasons it's a much more combat based deck people are coming on this show it's not like something that they can do every single episode and i think people want to play the decks that are most interesting to them so cassius saw the cycling deck and went this is sweet sweet value alias saw the monster deck and went this is awesome all these keywords i wanted to play with mutate because it's a new set and then josh of course is not going to <laughs> well actually josh has picked mardu in the past so let's not let's not make that clarification but definitely the instance matter deck is like more up up my alley for sure. So yeah. yeah, I don't think it's that surprising. The the Mardu deck is a little more straightforward. So just, you know, nobody went after it. I mean, if somebody wanted that deck, they would have played it. Uh, that's just the way it goes. One was going to be left out. I think no matter what, it, let's say the Calamax deck didn't be played, then mm-hmm. the comments would be full of like, oh, Calamax very sad deck? about that. So we get it, but it's just impossible for us to play all five of them. Yep. And hey, if you want to learn more about the Mardu Humans deck, we did a whole series on every single pre-con and how to upgrade them. So just check out the channel and make sure you subscribe for that. Yeah, definitely. Good point. All right, let's start with some rules-based questions here from the episode. Um, The first two, not surprising, (laughs) are centered around the most complicated new mechanic we've ever seen, which is mutate. A number of people asked, Jimmy, why when you mutated onto the trumpeting Gnar on Mm -hmm. turn four, why it could attack. They were thinking it should have summoning sickness because you chose to put Otrimi on top. And whatever. Josh, I'm just swinging at you for six. <laughs> okay, I have no blocks. Ouch! I will take six and go to 34. Yep, so summoning sickness, there are a lot of ways to describe it, but one of the main ways to know if a creature can attack is if it was under your control from the beginning of your turn. And because the trumpeting Gnar is not leaving the battlefield and coming back as a new creature, Otrimi's mutating on top of it. It's still the same uh, card, if that makes sense. Like the physical card underneath is still the same one from the last turn. So that card has haste at this point, essentially, or it's not summoning sick, so it can attack. Otrimi doesn't change the card in a way that your board looks at it and goes, well, you haven't had control of that since the beginning of your turn or whatever yeah it's not a new permanent yeah it's a permanent that already existed that's now been altered like an enchantment aura you might put on the creature exactly so it just happens to change the name and cmc and some other things if it hadn't entered the battlefield effect it wouldn't get it again when otrimi mutated onto it right because it never left and came back so it's just the same permanent so yeah it it has 
it doesn't actually have a haste. It just kind of feels like it has haste. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, I think the, the best way to describe it is it's like an aura almost in that instance. Um, all right. The next question is about mutate and the command zone. Uh, we have a clip to play for a lot of these. So uh, we probably played the clip for the last one without me giving any prelude, but let's watch the clip now. All right, I will uphold my deal and I will blood curdle your big monster thing. Oh gosh. Sweet. The ever playful Otrimi is gonna go into the command zone. (laughs) All right, so the question here is when the mutate stack dies. Because Alias removes it. Yeah. Thank you, Alias, by the way. Uh, um, <laughs> people were, were asking, well, if it's all one creature, why doesn't the trumpeting Gnar also go to the command zone with Otrimi? And this is one of the th- ways that uh, Mutate starts to get pretty confusing. Yeah, obviously, Commander is a format that is going to mess with the rules a little bit because of changing zones and putting things into the command zone. Fortunately, Eli Schifrin, who we always text in a hurry if we have a rules question. We're literally on the day during game nights in this episode. There was I forget what came up, but we were like, pause, ask our judge. He's like... I'm not sure because this yeah, mechanic is weird. Time I've never and I'm yeah. like texting Eli and hoping he responds quickly because we're recording. Like cameras <laughs> are still rolling. Good thing Eli often answers like in a jiffy. So Yeah, he uh, he must be in tune when we're shooting. He's like, need to wake up now. <laughs> I think Stay Eli's just phone. on it in general as yeah. a person. <laughs> uh, okay, so there was a large article. There's actually been a few. There's a Reddit AMA for all these rule things. We also did... Um, should, we should know a whole video about the mechanics of Mutate. So we explain a lot of these uh, way more in depth. So Mutate, uh, the new keyword counters. Eli Sheffern's article about this particular sequence says, if a commander is part of a merged creature, that's what they're calling two creatures mutated onto each other, the resulting creature is a commander. If it leaves the battlefield and the commander is moved to the command zone instead, that permanent and the other cards contained by that permanent go to the appropriate zone while the commander card goes to the command zone. So when they leave the battlefield, they leave as a single unit, but then they split, I believe is kind of how it works. And then you can say, okay, well, the commander is changing zone, so I can choose to put that in the command zone. And then if these other cards just died or went to the graveyard, then they're just going to the graveyard right low confusing yeah i mean like i said about uh companion and whatnot i think they just decided that they wanted it to work that way and then they wrote the world the rules so that like yeah because otherwise you wouldn't want to mutate onto stuff because you want it to generally go to the graveyard and because other cards that are in the command zone are just stuck there yeah forever you could never cast them if they're not your commander so anyway that is the official rule you you can choose to only put the commander part back in the command zone and well actually you have to do that i don't think you can choose to put the trumpeting nar into the command zone if you even want to in that case <laughs> it just sort of fizzles and goes into permanent exile i guess yeah um yeah some weird words here too contained by that permanent merged creature so just keep in mind that the wording around this may not be final either but this is how the rule works. And again, we we did an episode very recently. It's called Most Complicated New Mechanics Ever or something like that. We'll put the thumbnail on screen. We'll put the link in the show notes. But if you're having any questions about Mutator Companion, hopefully it will be answered in that video. What was your judge face in that video? Mine was this. Mine was... <laughs> Like, what's going on? Just like this. Again. Yeah. Oh, oh no, what did they print this time? <laughs> um, and as far as rules questions go, that's kind of it. I, I got to say, this might be the first episode where we didn't have any sort of major mistakes. Co- Commander's super complicated. Even with an, a level two judge sitting here, we usually have like one or two things. We're like, yeah, yeah, that we got that rule wrong. We missed something because there's complicated board states. Yeah, in this one, we didn't really have that, but we did have some uh, decision or play, play mistakes. Yeah. And the first one's mine, and it's kind of a big one, I think. 
Um, but so, this one is really. I didn't when I when I read this comment, I was like, oh wait, they're separate triggers. Yeah, I saw it later when we were editing and was like, why didn't I do that? Uh, I just didn't obviously think of it on the day. So I have at one point a bounce land and I play frantic search. In fact, let's play the clip. Okay, I'm going to float a red mana. Okay, then I'm going to play simic growth chamber, which will bounce the mountain that I tapped. And then I will add a blue and another red, and I will play Frantic Search. Mm. So I draw two cards and then discard two cards, and I untap three lands. Oof. All right, you float that mana, play a bounce land. Right, and I end up playing um, nothing after the Frantic Search. I discard the cards, I leave it untapped, and then I play like a growth spiral on my end, end step, on the right. end step before my next turn. But what I could have done here, and a lot of people pointed out, is with the bounce land trigger on the stack. So you play the Simic Growth Chamber, and it says, okay, trigger, you have to bounce one of your lands back to your hand. Yep. It enters the battlefield tapped, and it says, when this enters the battlefield, return the land you control to its owner's hand. So that trigger's on the stack. I could tap the Arcane Signet on my other land, cast Frantic Search, draw the two cards, discard the two cards, and now untap the three, three lands. Three lands, yeah. And then I can float the mana again before the trigger for the bounce land goes off and bounces the mountain back to my hand. And now I have the fourth mana and I can cast Kalamax. Wow, that's interesting. So now I have Kalamax on the battlefield a full turn earlier. And think of how much this changes the game. You're not able to attack me. Mm-hmm the following turn, or you can't attack me with the beast, so that saves me three life right there. Also, my next turn, I'm now casting my growth spiral and getting two growth spirals right? because it's tapped, or I'm maybe getting that on somebody else's turn and casting something on my turn. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a kind of a big play in the game. Who knows what would happen? Um, I, I obviously ran out of gas later in the game, and I don't know that this, this solves that problem, so I don't think it like makes me win. Right. But the tenor of the game, I think, is a lot different because maybe Jimmy's not coming at me as hard. Well, yeah, our feud ends earlier and probably doesn't restart. Um, and so maybe Maybe we both have a little bit better chance in the game because we're not just slugging at each other. Yeah. Also, like we made the note that you played an Arcane Signet first out of everyone and you were the last in turn order. So this 100% would have at least made it feel like you were almost first player. Yeah. So an important interaction, I think, to point out to people that I missed on the day and yeah, could have had a, a, a big effect. And I think it's it's very easy to look at the end of games or the moments near when you die and say like, those are the mistakes I right. made that caused me to, you know, not take down this game. And, and a lot of times mistakes you make earlier in the game have this domino effect that could have really altered it. And it's important to look at those too. So yeah, just something I missed it's clearly a mistake on my part. And, uh, uh, quite a few people pointed it out and yeah, you're totally right. It's interesting though, because when I play pre-cons, typically my mind isn't in that spot which is just like, how can I get max value out of this thing and like abuse this mechanic a little bit to, to like cheat something out early? Yeah. It's more just like in the, ha play my cool things, slug them out. And it's easy to miss stuff like that for sure. Yeah. I mean, in the moment, I remember like thinking there should be, there's probably something clever I can do here with this bounce land and just, you know, there's a lot going on in the days we're shooting game nights, uh, but I honestly can't say I would have thought of that in a normal commander game all the time either. Like <laughs> things are just happening. So... Had That's the built, way it goes. Had you built the deck, you knew more about the interactions, maybe you wouldn't have missed it, right? But in this maybe. case... I mean, all excuses, but uh, I'm I'm it's, I'm it's happy to just say, yeah, I missed it. I may play a mistake. Like, it happens all the time, yeah, honestly. Yeah, it does all the time. Just put it on the list with the rest of them. Okay, another um, thing people questioned, which I think this one is more up in the air. It's not as yeah. cut and dry as the last one. Um, so on the turn where I play Paco and I attack with it with haste and I exile cards from the top of everybody's library with fetch counters on them on that same turn i play haldan because i have enough mana at the end 
And what happens is, well, let, let's play the clip. And then I will tap three and I will play Haldan, Avid Arcanist. So good. And I will pass the turn. All right, I will untap and I will draw for turn. So I play the Haldan. Or Haldan. Yeah. <laughs> and what happens is Jimmy ends up removing the Haldan before it gets back to my turn. You, you actually like purposefully are like, nope. Yeah, right. I could wait one more turn to use my mana because you have a turn before me, but I'm like, I'm not letting you untap and having access to all those cards and more because Paco's going to swing again. Yeah, so Jimmy waits till the end step before my turn just to make sure Cassius or Alias is not going to deal with it. And then he's like, no, okay, they didn't. I have to. Destroys my Haldan, which means I don't have access to all the cards, not just then, but throughout the rest of the game. And there's quite a few that Haldan exiles which is a pretty big blow because that's a lot of card advantage I could have had access to. So a lot of people were like, Josh, why didn't you hold your Haldan in your hand and then play it the next turn so at the very least you can cast one of those spells because, you know, it's only a few mana and then you'll have mana left over mm-hmm. and you're going to get some value. And even if Jimmy removes it at that point, you got, you know, there was a Jace Architect of Thought in there. Yeah. There's some other stuff. Um so, which I think is a, a, a decent question to ask, and, and here's what, how I would answer, because I did think about that in the moment. Remember, Jimmy and I are still swinging at each other every turn, and I've just swung at him for like Seven, nine or something. Nine, yeah. and, but I know he's got like 11 power coming at me, because you've, you've got the Kazor, you've got the Beast token mm-hmm. that's got a plus one counter, you've got the Otrimi, Trumpeting plus Gnar, Mutate with a plus one counter on it. Haldan's can is a one four, so can keep the Kazor away from attacking me which it doesn't attack you by the way it right goes it goes at, at alias, alias. Yeah. yeah so that's a big point which is why i played it i also had you remember a couple turns later i played prophetic bolt i had that in my hand so i was thinking you know actually if he removes if somebody i didn't know jimmy was going to do it but if somebody removes haldan that means calamax is still out and i get this extra card off prophetic bolt and if they remove calamax that means haldan's still out and i can and have extra cards cards what i didn't want to do is have only one of those out and then one removal spell really sets me back. So that was my thinking at the time. Maybe it's incorrect. Yeah, I mean, I think we've all seen what happens if you bet a little too hard on one thing or the other. Cassius especially, right, with Estrid. So, yeah. like, you you want to... I think in these decks, too, we all kind of know that there's a lot of removal. There's a lot of sort of pinpoint removal to keep the balanced environment, uh, the environment a little more balanced and fair. So I, I can see it going both ways. But at the same time, we just had a deck tech about Paco and Haldan, Um well, actually, you'll see that later. We have we just a, recorded it, but it's coming out. Yeah, uh, and I mean, part of the discussion is like, when should you play Haldan when Paco's out, and should you wait, and all that stuff. But in this case, I think you're pretty safe to do these sorts of things if you don't think people are going to like inherently like I like me in this case wouldn't like have to get rid of that. Yeah, and and I don't know that anybody has a removal spell even, so it's possible both survive. I also think generally when it's close, I'm going to do the more mana efficient play. Yeah. So to me, like leaving the three mana, just not using it is a downside. Like sometimes you do want to do that, but in general, if you cannot, then you should use your mana. And I was like, you know, if Haldan gets removed, I thought I was still in an okay spot because of that prophetic bolt. You were in an okay spot. You know what I just realized, though? Had you cast your Calamax earlier, that means Paco also would have come out earlier, too. And then that would have changed every single card that he exiled because it would have happened to turn earlier. <laughs> yeah, the domino effect of It's impossible that, to of really actually is, yeah. understand, yeah, what, what happens. Okay, later on in the game, I throw a Hail Mary as I am on Death's Door. And I cast a massive Genesis Hydra for wow. nine. Flip nine cards over, and I choose one of them that is not a card that a lot of people said, hey, why didn't you cast this instead? Yeah, and wait, wait. Let's play the clip. Oh, yeah. Play the clip. 
Look, I'm not even sure what's in the deck that could potentially save me in this situation, but you gotta just hope for it. So let's see what we get. So I'm gonna reveal the top nine cards in my library and I can cast a non-land permanent with CMC nine or less from among them onto the battlefield. Hmm. Uh, nothing good here. Yeah, I like that. Oh, gosh. So you'll see the card. It doesn't get highlighted because I say I'm choosing between two of the cards here. Uh, turns out, uh, Genesis Hydra has... It's called Deadly Tempest. Deadly Tempest. It's a board wipe that gets rid of all creatures, but also deals you damage equal to how many creatures you control, I believe. Jimmy, why didn't you just cast the board wipe? I know. I should have if I could have, because Genesis Hydra says you may cast Narn Land Permanent. Yeah, it has to be a permanent. Yeah, so we're looking lands, enchantments, all that. Oh, not even lands. Enchantments, artifacts, planeswalkers, all that good stuff, creatures. Yeah, people are like, Jimmy, why didn't you wrath? He Listen, he would have 100% die. Yeah, that it. sounds like a great idea <laughs> in that situation. Even if it kills me, I would have wrathed because I was going to die anyway. So instead, I chose the card that would have saved me my life. Now, maybe the better question is, is propaganda better because the next turn she plays the selective whatever adaptation? Yeah. And that's a six-mana spell. Had she been able to do that and she gets um, the... Uh, the black uh, soul the of innistrad sunblast angel was huge yeah and the soul of innistrad was game ending so yeah i actually think i mean it turned out i think propaganda was the correct play because at the very least what happens is in order to kill you she has to waste all her mana for her turn mm -hmm. in which case she can't play the selective adaptation you're still dead in that case so i don't know that you care as much it you doing that was better for Cassius and I. Unless, of course, she decided it wasn't worth it to pay the man and she still wanted to selective adaptation. But yeah. then in that case, if she does that, she can't kill you. Yeah, but my board still gets wiped because I swing out. Well, you know, you still have the Mind Leecher to block because mm -hmm. you just played it and the Genesis Hydra. So you would still be alive with some stuff. Yeah, uh, nine nine's thing to scoff at, but she does have a removal spell, we know. Well, she had to get it back, and she had to pay for the Nyx Waiver to get it, so she right. wouldn't have had the mana to do all that if she's Selective Adaptation. So, Propaganda either saves you or saves Cassius and me, one of the two, but in the moment, it was hard to know. Yeah, it... It's interesting. I also like, I think she didn't have that many cards in her hand, but she did have the one card, which is this is the one that refills your hand or your graveyard. And, and we don't even know. She could have drawn that that turn. Yeah. Sure. Actually, no, no. We do know because she drew it and she said like, ooh, and we were like, uh-oh. <laughs> she like. <laughs> this one's good. Yeah. So Maybe I should have read into that a little more. Uh, it's 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 interesting. I think I would have gone with the propaganda there just because I think that would have like you were dead anyway. You even said and you're like, what's costing her more, one of her creatures or a bunch of her mana? And I think actually I would have thought the mana is almost like time walking her. So uh -huh. maybe maybe that's more worth it than like just trying to you know block and kill one creature. Yeah, Cassius did get a good swing at her after that because she had to kind of tap out. No, no, because Sunblast Angel kills all of her Oh, that's stuff, right. Sunblast so he doesn't Angel. have anything left. Yeah. Well, either way, that card was backbreaking. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, Sunblast Angel into uh, into the rest of it is Soul just of Innistrad. Yeah. You get all your cards back now. This is the deck that has just been, yeah. It had the most staying power for sure in that moment. All right, there's a, another play that people were wondering about, and it was... There's a turn later in the game, you're kind of at low life, and Alias goes to attack you, and you use Reclamation Sage on the Shining Impetus, because it's kind of the only removal spell you've got. Um, let's, yeah, let's play the clip. We're going to move to combat, and I'm going to attack you, Jimmy, for seven. Um, I think if I don't do this, I'm going to die. I'm going to tap three and flash out Reclamation Sage, and I will blow up the Shiny Impetus. What? So I was able to cast the Reclamation Sage at instant speed because of the... Uh, Barracuda. The Barracuda, Tidal Barracuda that was out. Uh, and people are asking, well, Jimmy, this creature 
heck, it could go either at you or Cassius. Why didn't you use the shiny, uh, the reclamation, reclamation stage to blow up the impetus before combat so that it could also go at Josh because it was Josh's goaded thing? Uh, in my case, I think what I was thinking is she has a choice between me or Cassius to attack. If I cast this Reclamation Sage and blow up the Shiny Impetus, then she's definitely attacking me because I just did something to affect her creature's power. But if I don't do anything, there is a chance that she goes after Cassius instead. And then Maybe I can hold higher life. Yeah. And I can hold my mana up. I can choose how to do things differently. Maybe I have a different target for the Sage in the later on uh, when the turn goes around. Um, and it was really only... The difference of two, two life, two which two life to you was treasure. a lot at the moment, but yeah, yeah, I don't think the treasure mattered too much because I had a bajillion. <laughs> but yes, it, it was a treasure. Um, yeah, it's an interesting choice there because you have a fifty-fifty chance in that case if you maybe blow less, up. Yeah, maybe different than if that. If you blow up the shiny impetus, you have a thirty-three percent chance. So but I think that pushes her hand into definitely attacking me if I do that. Right. She's like, hey, I wanted my creature to be bigger. You're already close to the death. I've already started attacking you with other stuff, Jimmy. Why would I not finish the job type of thing? I mean, having seen the rest of the game play out, I feel like she was attacking you almost no matter what. I think she had decided Jimmy's the easiest kill. I'm going to take him out and mm -hmm. then I'm going to move down the line. And that was her plan because she just went, you, <laughs> me. Cassius, she 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 had a she had a plan and it worked. Um, focus is what it was. Yeah, she was focus firing. She wasn't gonna. She had you know passed the point in the game where I think she was spreading it around and had decided like, yeah, we're gonna start like taking people out and trying to get towards the end of this game, which yeah. I appreciate by the way. Like, game's got to end, but yeah, I, I don't think it would have stopped it from coming at you either way. So maybe. And the end result's still the same, right? I'm getting rid of the extra damage. I would have played that if, if I played it before and she still attacked me, and if I did it after she attacked me, the end damage is still the same. Right, right. Because I'm getting rid of the impetus. Yeah, it was. It, it had upside. You, you had a chance to not get hit. So you're saying it. there's a chance. Yeah, exactly. Well, we've got a bunch more questions, uh, including a bunch of questions about what the future of Game Nights holds considering the pandemic and everything. We talked about it a little on the last round table, but we've got obviously farther into yeah. it and we know a little bit more now but before we get to all that we're going to take a quick break and hear a message from our sponsors angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well i absolutely love this because you know if you own a home it can be really hard to maintain it's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small well whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. 
repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie. And we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. All right, we are back, and this is the roundtable for Commander 2020, the new pre-cons with special guests Cassius Marsh and Alias V. Now we're going to get into some more interesting questions. And again, these are the comments that we're pulling from the YouTube video. If you see your name up on screen, it's because you asked the question that most likely a lot of other people were curious about. So thank you, one, for commenting. And uh, let's just keep moving on here. So, so this is an interesting one, uh, a question sort of asking, wanting a peek behind the curtain of how the process works. Uh, some people were asking, when Fierce Guardianship got gets played... Um, Cassius plays it to stop Alias from casting... Her impetus. I her think. impetus, yeah. In fact, yeah. we have the clip. Let's play the clip. Uh, response, I will cast Fierce Guardianship. And it will cost me no mana because I control my commander. Whoa. <laughs> Wait, it's free? Mm, good job, Cassius. How did you do that? No mana? So if you notice in that clip, I am surprised. I'm like, wait, it's free? And somebody asked, well, Josh you guys have the decks early mm -hmm. and don't you know about the card? Is that real surprise or are you faking it for camera? And listen, I want to say at the beginning, we're not above like playing into a bit. Like I'm not saying we, <laughs> we had an arm wrestling match and we dressed yeah. up in fake tuxes. We play into bits. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so it's, it's a legit question in this case. No, that was real surprise because we didn't build these decks. They're pre-constructed decks. I never even really looked at them. That, I think that's kind of the fun for me of some of these episodes is... Sight unseen, shuffle up. Yeah, exactly. Now, I looked at my own deck before I played it because that's important to do, I think, before you play your deck, just so you have an idea of what it's doing, what's in there, what you might top deck. Mm -hmm. If there's tutors, what you need to tutor for, although pre-cons generally don't have tutors. But, you know, I think you want to know your own deck. And we had played these decks the night before, although I had played the Mardu deck, um, but we just sort of given them one test game the night before we don't actually get these decks like weeks in advance usually we get them and within a day or two the yeah. wizards tells us on this date you're going to get the decks and we schedule shooting the episode as soon after that point as possible because that gives us the most amount of time to edit mm -hmm. so usually it's like physically get the decks in the mail 
next day or day after that we're shooting. Yep. Um, and it's already been pre-scheduled for months. So we played the decks once the night before. Cassius couldn't make it, so it was me, Jimmy, Alias, and one of our editors. Uh, don't remember Josh? Who. I think it was Murphy. Murph. Okay. And then, uh, or maybe Jake. And then... Maybe Jake. Yeah. So I only knew the cards that had gotten played in that one game yeah. the night before. So we didn't have huge in-depth knowledge of the decks. Now our judge will go through and read all the cards to make sure that they understand what's going on there. But that's the morning of the shoot. We're running around setting up cameras, getting everything ready. Yeah. Uh, so d did you look at all the decks before we played? I sifted through all of them so I knew that cycle existed, uh, but it still caught me by surprise when it happened because you know, you're still looking at a bunch of new cards. You don't really realize, oh crap, that is a possibility at this point, even though cash is tapped out. You just sort of figure pre-con environment, people are tapping out, people are just getting their cards on the battlefield, and that's it. Yeah, I knew that I had deflecting SWAT in my deck, but I didn't know it was a cycle, and I certainly didn't know what the blue one did. So I was like, wait, what? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> I'm actually... I'm still like, wait, what on that card? So like, even if I saw it tomorrow, I'd be like, wait, let me read it again. That's yeah. Yeah. It's free. Yeah. And we played two of them. We also played the fog effect yep. during this one as well. So yeah, that was real surprise. Okay. So impetuses were flying around in this game. Obviously a lot of them hit me at the end of the game. Uh, and there was one case when Cassius himself cast one on Alias's commander. And well, let's roll the clip and see what we say about it. I'll play Marshall impetus. And I will target Kethril. Whoa, what? This is a new cycle of cards from the Akoria pre-cons, and it's almost like it's better than Cassius removing it. Because of Goad, it can't attack him. So rather than kill the thing, he turned it into a weapon that's now working for him. So Josh, this one sort of removed it, or sorry, removed. So this one sort of targeted at you here. Yeah, so I made the statement that like this impetus from Cassius on Alias's commander was almost like better than removing it because it was now a weapon that is working for him. And people were like, yeah, they quoted me in quotes in the comments saying that and then said, but in all the podcast episodes, you said to take these out of the deck and that the impetus cycle sucked. We did say to take them out of almost every single deck and we did maybe allude to the fact that this cycle kind of sucks. But and I, yeah, Go ahead. Well, so we're not playing in constructed commander games here. This is the pre-con environment. Yeah, exactly. And... I do think those cards are not very good, and I don't think they go in very many decks, and I do think you should take them out of all the pre-cons when you're upgrading these decks. Here's the thing. I'm going to use a sports analogy, and I apologize for those people that don't like sports. Ba -da -da. Let's say the worst player on your team takes a three-point shot. The guy that's the worst shooter, or girl. That's not a good shot for your team to be taking. Mm -hmm. however, in general. Yeah. However, sometimes that shot goes in. That doesn't mean that you should want that player to take all of your shots. It doesn't mean that that player's shooting percentage has changed. This is a similar thing. I don't think those impetuses are very good. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean there's no cases in games where the impetuses do good things. Right. What we're saying is the 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 average case scenario or the the especially in like you said in larger commander games like in a precon environment that card's going to look a lot better than it will in another environment because there's just less interaction. You notice in this game, big creatures just kind of matter more than they generally do just mm -hmm. because there's not a ton of board wipes. So, yeah, I think it was good in this game, and I was I was reflecting on it in the context of in this game, not in the context of, you know, all games of Commander. Yeah, also, like, it might be, like, that player can only take that three-point shot when you're playing a practice scrim. Yeah, with the, maybe uh, you want him to because you want him to get better at it, but yeah. in a real game, if the championship's on the line, LeBron James takes the shot. Yeah, you're, you're giving the highest percentage chance. Yeah, Steph Curry takes in. that shot. Yeah, well, Steph Curry's definitely taking the three. <laughs> He's taking, like, an eight based on where he shoots the ball. 
<laughs> seriously sometimes he's like yeah, almost half, half court. court i'm like what and then it goes in swish you're like all right never doubt it's insane okay <laughs> uh, so we still think the impetuses are bad and still take the battle of all the day yeah it's again everything's relative here so you can see how they shine relatively but in that game that impetus was was great for cash <sighs> it's great for everyone but me <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of me and everyone but me, in this case, viewers have known my luck to be pretty abysmal over the years. However, this is an episode where Josh even says in the episode, people are getting lucky. And I will say that there was a bit of a turn of fortune here. So let's take a look at a couple sequences and see and gauge who's the actual lucky ones here. I'm going to tap five mana and cast Animus Awakening for X equals to four. Oh my gosh, here we go. So I reveal the top four cards in my library, put all land cards from among them on the battlefield, tapped. Oh, come on! Three lands and a oh. Manascape Refractor. You got three That's off of it? So Heck good. yeah, let's go! So we're gonna go to combats. And I'm gonna swing the nascent Ooh. Metamorph at Ailey. Oh boy. Yeah. You're gonna reveal cards until we hit a creature. Okay, Soul nope. Ring. Ugh. Oh. 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 Come on. That's so trash. <laughs> okay, so I cast Animus Awakening for four. Not a huge number. Chances I hit lands probably around two, right? Yeah, probably. One, one to two maybe? Yeah. It's not very great. When you did it, I was like, oh, that's not... Like, what if you only get one land? <laughs> well, I did do it because we had just made the ceasefire. Yeah. Like, this is the only chance for me to try and get ahead, and I don't have anything else in my hand I really want to play right now, so I may as well take the shot on this. I get three lands off of it. Three out of four. Yeah, that's... Uh... That's a big game, honestly. That is a big game. Good yeah. job, me. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes the, the dice do roll in my favor. Yeah, and me with the Sakura Tribelder, that didn't work out super great. Yeah, I, I would say... It, it I could Yeah, I It's probably the worst card to, to get. It you has get to a be land, near sure, that. but, but it's almost mean, insult to... She has all kinds of things in there with First Strike, Double Strike, Lifelink, all she, kinds yeah, of trample. Yeah, is the Tulpa in there? Yeah, and imagine if I had gotten something big. She gets pretty low later. It could have really mattered. It would have mattered for Cassius, probably not myself. He would have probably sequenced things a little differently That yeah. I mean, she's not... Maybe it, it, it saves me in some ways in that she can't attack with as much stuff because she can't leave her shields down right. as much. So she might have to, like... If she took a bunch of damage, she might have to sit there and block. Mm -hmm. And so maybe that buys me an extra turn or two so well then she might definitely be dead to a Bralin and Cassius can start playing the math that way right probably he's, he still wins and I don't but you know <laughs> it, yeah uh, it's interesting because in real life outside of magic I would say you're definitely luckier than I am yeah I it's definitely it gets highlighted almost like it, it waits my bad luck is like all right well I'm coming around but when to do it when you're on camera yeah it's weird because oh, man. definitely I think like if we ask like Matt or Freddie oh yeah and Matt, I was, Matt has told me he thinks I'm the luckiest person he's ever met yeah for so. sure <laughs> like yeah so it's pretty funny to me that like in game nights the 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 myth or the legend of you is like having bad luck but that's actually not jimmy in real life yeah and i do take crazier risks in game nights that's for sure ah, yeah yeah because it's good you want the swings to be big on camera Yeah, why not it's fun all right well once again we had a lot of animation appreciation a lot of people saying that the uh animations in this episode were better than ever yeah and not only that there were multiple animations for certain cards like the dinosaur cat i think had three animations total tied to it so it was a lot more fleshed out there's a lot of awesome stuff i mean props to two things for animations the animation as well as the direction and the sound design that goes into making the final thing work because if you just had the calamax going like Right, right. But there's not a, you can't hear the lightning bolts, you don't hear any of the roaring and screaming, then it sucks. 
It's just a fun little animation. Let's play a couple of them. I will tap four mana, and I'm going to mutate Otrimi the Ever Playful onto my trumpeting Gnar. So you're gonna put it on top, right? Yeah, it's gonna be on top. It's gonna be a six-six with all of the abilities of both cards. Wow. Yikes. That's pretty cool. Okay, uh, yeah, I can't do anything about that. So, Calamax is now attacking Jimmy. I will cast Tidal Barracuda. 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 <laughs> yeah, I like what you said there. Uh, listen, Sam Waldo, who does the animations, the visual parts of the animation, does a great job. And I think you can see how Sam has improved at it mm -hmm. as we go. So people saying that the animations are getting better, that's 100% true because Sam is learning something every time. You Understanding the card art a little better too, right? What yeah. the artist is trying to intend. We used to just only have the characters pop out and move. And now sometimes we fly into the card. And now we're having the sometimes the characters come in from off screen and do stuff before they land in the card. They don't just jump out of the card. Yeah. And so Sam's like adding to his toolbox every single time and being like, oh, we can do this. And so it's been really great to see when we have the conversations of, you know, what should we do with this animation? What would make sense? And then I really like what you said about the sound design. Um, you know, for budding filmmakers, editors, content creators out there, I always say, and it's always been true, sound is more important than visuals. Because if you make something sound good, it's a lot easier to make it look good. Hmm. Making something look good doesn't always make it sound good. And sound can give you so much scope. Like the size of Calamax really comes through right. if it roars correctly. And you see a lot of content creation out there where they have cool visuals and stuff and there's no sound to go along with it. And it just feels a lot more hollow uh, and not as deep and sound just adds so much so play around with sound if you haven't done that in your content creator and go watch a michael bay transformers movie yep. if you want to learn about amazing sound design you may not like the movie but when they like dive into the mess of gears and all the cranking and stuff and you can just see like just silver metal everywhere but it still feels like you're in a giant crazy futuristic robot just based on how the cranks and things all happen yeah so. that stuff is nuts yep um but yeah i love the little mutate too when the otrimi became the nar and the nar became the otrimi that's pretty cool <laughs> yeah fortunately that was the only time it mutated in the episode it would have been fun to see if there are other things out there but i'm sure that one took a lot of work yeah it's it's funny because we were all like thank goodness that jimmy only mutates one time because we couldn't do this every single time yeah, it's, it's pretty so much work yeah and it's pretty complicated from a lot of different aspects so i know a lot of people want to see more mutate and i think it would have been nice if if you were able to maybe one more time or something to, yeah but i definitely wouldn't have wanted like seven mutates going on in that episode spoiler alert i didn't really draw any yeah so. uh, there's there's actually only like what 12 or 13 mm -hmm. mutate cards in that deck so mm -hmm. not super surprising all right the next one is um <laughs> it's prescient like you predicted the future because remember well we're going to talk about this a little later but you uh, or we recorded this episode months ago months ago yeah yeah so people a lot of comments this is probably the second or maybe the first most commented thing was jimmy you got taken out by the murder hornet murder hornets and in uh, i don't know if you knew this but in the pacific northwest i believe in america we've had the first reported case of basically murder hornets uh which it's are a, these it's an online meme yeah, thing that's going on right now which is just like can 2020 get any worse yes it can now we have these hornets with mandibles the size of your fingernails flying around and they're trying to desperately get rid of them and i guess i think three stings will will kill the average person or something oh like my that gosh well yeah, i think it, it, it's like it's as though someone is 
is literally just like taking a chunk out of your skin. I've seen the bite videos. Um, you know, I think this is not the, in the last video, I said something about uh, staying apart, staying close and something as well. And somewhere like Jimmy didn't realize how prescient that was going to be. Yeah. So, There's two episodes in a row now where I've said something and it's kind of happened. Uh, but in this case, it's, it's Hornet Queen. It's been around since M15. Yeah. Next, <laughs> I just On the next episode, talk about everybody eating ice cream or something. How about that? Like, let's get something good. <laughs> yeah. Well, if it's like another unhinged episode, we could find something in that world, I'm sure. But yeah, that, that by the way, that Hornet Queen, one of the earliest things into the graveyard, the most impactful card, I think, by far in the entire game. That's a really good point. Let's talk about that. Alias, think of how great she played. On turn three, she Abzan Charms, so she can have an extra card in her hand because she wants to discard Hornet Queen, specifically because she knows that her commander cares about keywords in the graveyard. I don't know if she had... A f- is Bonder's Ornament or something? No, yeah, no. Ornament, Bonder's ornament hit the, it hit the graveyard. It's not Bonder's Ornament. That's the Mana Rock. But I don't know if she had the card that brings back oh, 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 yeah, yeah. in her and hand. gives a counter the, to it. Yeah, yeah, in the opening turn. But like, I don't think I would have made that play. I wouldn't have wanted the card disadvantage. I would have waited till I could play Abzan Charm and keep both cards in my hand. But... I most likely would have used it as a removal spell. Yeah, so the fact that she very early in the game was like, nope, I want to get, I want to do what my deck wants to do. And the Hornet Queen is what wins her the game, basically. I think the Sunblast Angel on that together, but... Yeah, but I mean, think about the Nyx Weaver and how much it held off because it had the Death Touch counter on it. Yep, so So, yeah, she just, she played great. Uh, She definitely outplayed everybody at the table. (laughs) A lot of people were like, that deck's just better or whatever. It's not, actually. It's not, yeah. You played the decks, that deck is in the middle. I would say that the cycling deck is generally the most powerful deck in that environment. Yeah, it might not have the closing power, but it also has... I mean, like, when I played it, I had an army of, like, 10 1-1s, a bunch of 2-2s, and was ready to swing out and kill everyone. Tons of cards in hand, Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, she definitely played really, really well. All right, so let's talk about, we alluded to it just now, this next section is going to be more about um, the process of recording the episode and sort of what we're doing moving forward here. A lot of people were asking, obviously, because of lockdown protocols, social distancing, etc., when did you guys record this episode? Um, because obviously right now you really can't get the amount of people we would need to record game nights in all into one small studio yeah there's not be much safe room to do in it. here you could fit like five people in here if they all had six feet of distancing and and maybe not even that yeah and and when we record we usually have about 10 people in this room because we have a dp we have mm-hmm. a judge we have somebody taking down notes for the game we have a sound guy i mean there's all kind and then the four players obviously who are sitting within six feet of each other we recorded this episode of course in early march so lockdown protocols had not happened we in I think in Washington in Seattle area it, things had it started, started places, up yeah. and 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 you know it was getting a little scary but so far at the time I don't even think we ever even foresaw like what was going to happen no way and also like the information that we had was very very different compared to what we know now yep. and just in terms of where other parts of the world were being affected and what we could learn from them so we didn't we sort of knew things were awry but we had no idea to what degree and if it was going to be considered something that we had to obviously take much more drastic measures to protect ourselves against yeah so if if we were recording this we wouldn't we just couldn't and we haven't uh during yeah. the lockdown stuff. So then people were asking, well, like, if you recorded in early March, then why has it taken so long for this episode to release? Because Release dates. Yeah. <laughs> so originally this episode was supposed to come out. A month in, ago? Yeah, in, in like mid to late April. Because if you remember, Ikoria, Lair of Behemoths, and the Commander Proct were supposed to come out then. But they delayed the release of the physical cards in North America, Europe, and some other regions. It did come out in Asia and some mm-hmm. some places on the, the, the original date. 
So, you know, when they were deciding to do that, they talked to us and, and, you know, together we both said we should probably push the date back of the episode. Yeah. Uh, because it's just like weird for us to be like, hey, look at these cards and decks. They're cool. You can't actually get a hold of these for like a month, though. <laughs> and if we had said anything in the episode and the interview is like, go on, get them now, then we'd have to cut it around that. You know, like, so obviously we want to time it up. And the show is brought to you by Wizards of the Coast. So there's no reason why we wouldn't be incommunicado with them to be like, hey, when do you think is the best time to come out this episode? Because we're obviously doing this in support of each other here. And, you know, we're going to talk about this more in a second, but... We weren't, we knew at that point, hey, we're probably not going to be able to record the next one. So for me and the team, we were like, do you want an extra two and a half, three weeks to work on the episode? Yes, we do. Yeah, why not? Because a lot of times for these episodes, you know, Jake and Murph and I are working 80, 90 hour weeks the week or two before they come out just to get it done on time, especially when they're long episodes, like the Theros episode. We were working, in, you know, from 8 a.m. till midnight. Every special episodes, like Brandon Sanderson's draft queue, like yeah. draft, like there's a bunch of other things you have to incorporate when you're explaining those out. So for us to be like, hey, you won't have to work any 80-hour weeks on this one, we were like, okay, we'll take it. A little bit of upside, you know... It, I mean, you guys had the praise for the animations as well. So there's a lot we're more, that, yeah. right? Like when you finish an episode, would you say there's a list of things that you wanted to do, but you couldn't? Every time. Yeah, there you go. So yeah. now some of those things were able to be done because of a little extra time. And so, for sure, this episode had the smallest list of that we've ever had probably. So yeah. yeah. And then, so the next question is, will there be a, a, an episode? A lot of people are like, oh, can you do another episode building around the... Godzilla cards. Yeah, the legends cool from stuff. the main yeah. set, Layer of Behemoths. And... Here's the thing. There was going to be that episode. We had it planned. We had guests booked. In fact, we had a really cool theme, which I won't spoil because we're still going to use it again and hopefully in the future. And then... Yeah, it was in my calendar since January, the shoot date, because we had locked yep, it in really We had locked it in. We had the guests. We knew the dates. And then the health crisis happened and we had to cancel it. So, because we, we couldn't have people flying in. Yeah. Yeah. The oh. last thing we want to do is say like, hey, everyone's going into lockdown. We were actually, I think it was like April 4th is when we planned on filming it. Yeah. And this is after the lockdown. In fact, began. we waited. We were like, uh, how bad is it going to get? Let's wait and see if, you know, it only lasts like a week. Nope. And then we're like, <laughs> only we're like okay, week, can't, yeah. everybody cancel their flights. We couldn't be asking the guests to, to like yeah. risk their lives and get on flights and stuff like that at that time. Fortunately, all of the airline companies clearly understood why people were canceling flights as well. So the, the, we didn't have, you know, we didn't suffer a huge loss here, but we did suffer a delay, obviously. Well, that's just a cancellation. Yeah, that we, one's cancellation, right? We'll never be able to film the Aquarialaire Behemoth episode. Well, never's a long time, but right now there's no plans to do it, and we're gonna have to move on to M twenty one now. And we're so th oh, I guess this should lead into the next question, which is just pandemic questions and mostly questions regarding how the health crisis is going to affect game nights moving forward, and if we're even gonna be able to make it in the near future. And right now, the answer is we don't know. We're talking with Wizards about M21. We're hoping, because you also have to understand, Wizards has been affected, right? All the Wizards employees, or not all, but are, I'm not sure what percentage, but a lot of them are working from home. Their manufacturing got um, affected. Distribution centers, right? These are all places where people need to be close to each other. Like, we work with our distributor, Penny Arcade, for all of our stuff, and it took months and months for them to reopen safely under the correct guidelines, and they need to make sure they're following those to a T before they're even able to operate. So, there's a lot going on behind the scenes here. And they're not still up to full operation, yeah. and, and, you know, you, you can imagine that. So, the normal process by which we talk to wizards, figure out a date, they can get us the cards early, because, again, we have to get the physical cards way before they're available in stores 
has that's all been disrupted by the health crisis. So we're in the middle of talks with them about when we may be able to get M21 cards. And then it's like, okay, if we get it then, can we even shoot the episode? Can we even all get everybody in a room? Will it be safe? That's, I think, the most important thing. Because yeah. people might ask, well, why don't you just do your own homebrew commander decks or whatever? And there's a couple of answers to that. One, not safe to shoot in those environments. But two, this show exists because of the sponsorship. And especially during these times when every other part of revenues are down because people aren't out there. The ad buys on YouTube are completely different. We can't just go willy-nilly make the show because we're not, we don't have the way to pay for it either. The editor You've got to pay like 1,200 hours plus of labor and some of that is obviously jimmy and mine but a lot of it is other people that like have to pay their rent and stuff they can't just work for free for that amount of time so the show has to generate enough revenue to pay for that stuff and then there's equipment and rentals and all kinds of things and the health yeah i'd say like you said the biggest thing though is can we is it safe to get that amount of people into a room in a tight space to actually record the game and i would say no. <laughs> At the moment, right the answer is definitely no. I mean, major studio motion pictures with yeah. hundreds of millions of dollars behind them are being stopped right now. Our rinky-dink game. Yeah, little, little <laughs> YouTube show is def... But I will say that in California, they are starting to sort of s- slowly soften some of the stuff. Some businesses are being allowed to go back to work. And so we're in kind of a wait-and-see mode where it's like, let's talk to Wizards. Let's figure out when we can get the product maybe if the if the lockdown stuff loosens up enough where we get the indicators that yes it would be okay for a small amount of people and then maybe we shoot it in a different way where like we figure out a way to have less people in this room our sound guy could be outside yeah. our judge could be watching on a monitor in another room you know so now okay we only need four people in the room or maybe we only need five and you know maybe then There's still so much that's going on there and yeah. i mean the main thing is like we're here setting an example in different ways and if we're going to lead by example in terms of how we want our quality of gameplay and stuff to be edited and shown online we need to also lead in the way that we create that content so so the answer to the question is we don't know, but there's a good chance that there's not another game nights for a number of months. Um, we've never been in the situation in the last few years where we stopped, we've released a game nights, and we weren't immediately working on, on the, the next, next one. one. This is the first time that's ever happened. We do have some things in the can coming up. We recorded a few, uh, a couple extra uh, episodes of extra turns because of our Kickstarter last year. Mm-hmm. And those were recorded, you know, months and months, months and months, months ago. ago. So we get to work on those now. Those we've been working on them because again, we delayed this episode. We had some extra time. So we've got that to sort of parcel out there. We obviously have our podcast stuff. We're trying to come up with other video ideas to sort of fill the time. But yeah, as far as Game Nights is concerned, unfortunately, it's up in the air. We don't know. But I'd say there's a good chance that there just isn't a Game Nights for a little while. Uh, We're going to do the best we can, but we have to weigh all the factors and, and make the responsible choices. And we appreciate you all understanding and not demanding. Most of you. Yeah. All right. Uh, big <laughs> thanks. Other people we appreciate. Cardkingdom.com slash command zone. Absolutely. If you want to get your hands on the Commander 20 product singles, layer of behemoths, booster boxes, bundles, again, singles, M21 is right M21. around the corner. It's gonna, we're going to start probably pre- seeing preview cards and things like that. Uh, I think it's going to be pretty cool. I've, I've heard a little bit 
in my ear about it and i think it's gonna be neat so uh, that's on the horizon so that's something to look out for in order you know you're gonna get these magic cards anyway so if you just use cardkingdom.com slash command zone when you do you're supporting supporting all of our content and of course like we just alluded to staying clean safe and protected is very important as well and that goes to your cards you don't want to just play your cards onto a table you want to play them onto a play mat you want to play them onto something that you know it's going to keep them safe and not get them dinged up you're going to want to put them in the right sleeve so ultra pro Another sponsor of the show. They also sponsor the awesome giveaways that we're still able to ship out to you all, by the way, from Game Nights. Don't forget to enter if you haven't already. You have until one week from the release of the episode to enter. So hopefully... Probably have like one day. Yeah. So this is your final reminder. But yeah, big thanks to Ultra Pro as always. We've been talking to them as well. They've had to shut down a lot of their distribution and manufacturing centers. So it's been a really hard time. Uh, we didn't mention this on any of our content, but Ultra Pro switched over a bunch of their manufacturing so they could make facial shields and stuff, and they're donating that. That's right. They were donating that to, like, uh, medical personnel. So Ultra Pro really... E. Yeah, Ultra Pro really, like, helping out in, in a tough time uh, in the world and helping out the medical community. So, you know, we couldn't be more proud to have a sponsor like that, for sure. Yeah, and look, if they're ma- if they're qualified to make that stuff, they're definitely qualified to make the best magic product as well to protect your stuff. I'm serious. I'm that's serious. I'm absolutely really serious. Good point. Yeah, that's a really <laughs> that's good That's, like, point. a really high tier to hit, by the way. Uh, uh, and the last way to support the show is directly at patreon.com slash command zone. We love our patrons. Josh and I are on the Discord for those at that tier every day answering questions, and we're able to get into some of the more nitty-gritty questions as well and we have a whole long list of things we've talked about in the past so if you want to get on there make sure you check out the patreon we shout out users every single episode of the podcast they get free merch if you're at the right tier for long enough there's lots of great perks of being there and most importantly they are our most important supporters forever and always they are really keeping us afloat right now obviously economics in the world are uh, in a rough position it's no different for us so patrons you all rock Thank for sure all. and uh thanks everybody out there for watching this episode we'll be back with a another podcast i think later this week so mm-hmm. hit that subscribe button yeah and the notification bell all right everybody thanks for watching bye bye For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. (laughs) The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. 
or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.